From WUWM, Milwaukee's NPR, this is Capital Notes, a podcast about Wisconsin politics and politicians. I'm Marty Michelson. Each week, I discuss noteworthy developments with J.R. Ross, editor of WISPolitics.com. Here's our latest conversation. Hey, J.R., Friday night saw the first of two debates between Governor Walker and his Democratic challenger, Tony Evers. Polls show the two are locked in a dead heat. They attacked each other on a host of issues, including taxes, health care, education, and roads. But the debate started off with each candidate addressing some bombshells that had dropped earlier in the week. Governor Walker had leveled charges of plagiarism against Tony Evers just hours before the debate. A day earlier, Governor Walker was faced with sharp criticism from four of his former cabinet secretaries, three of whom signed an open letter to the public saying the Walker administration, quote, lacked integrity during their respective tenures and urging voters to support Tony Evers in the November 6th election, which is now only two weeks away. So what do you make of all this, and do you think each candidate effectively did damage control during the debate against these charges? Well, the overwhelming opinion that I got about both um, of the issues that popped up were that it all depended on how the candidates who were accused of something or responded to it, and two, uh, whether the one making the accusations used it in a TV ad of some sort. I mean, obviously, um, reporters were writing stories about both the four cabinet secretaries for Governor Walker, or former secretaries, I should say, who have now uh, questioned his integrity, and about the plagiarism allegations against Evers, which includes some new ones that popped up on Sunday. But it's all a matter of, you know, do they get up in a TV ad that people actually see them? Because otherwise, it's like, you know, a one or two day story that kind of goes away. But if they both decide to use it in a TV ad, it might burn into the, the, the um, voters' minds a little bit more brightly than if they just saw a couple of stories about it. The other thing was, how do they respond to it? And if it was forceful enough, you know, Evers in the debate on Friday dismissed this as just, you know, uh, not much to do about nothing, that these were some uh, dropped um, attributions from the budget document. And it was, if this was the best that Walker had, he said that he doesn't have much. So that was kind of his response to it. And they've also been trying to turn around saying that Walker has been uh, taking language from groups like the American Legislative Exchange Council, which is a conservative group and passing those bills pretty much as is. And then you have Walker responding to the allegations about their, the, the points raised by the cabinet secretary saying, look, you know, this is only about having a diverse viewpoint in his cabinet, and he's not afraid to have that, and, but he's always been straight with voters, and he's not going to raise the gas tax without a offsetting cut somewhere else. So I didn't get the impression that either of them stumbled on that very significantly that's going to become an issue later on, but, you know, it depends. Does more come out? Uh, they put them in TV ads, radio, that kind of, you got to watch that to see how this thing develops. Meanwhile, there were more bold promises last week from Governor Walker and Tony Evers. Evers proposed a 10% tax cut for the middle class, vowing to pay for it via a shift from corporations and the wealthy. Governor Walker promised to restore two-thirds funding to public schools, saying he would do so without raising property taxes. So do you think these gestures will help move the needle for the candidates, seeing as though, as we were saying, some polls are showing the race neck and neck? It, it depends if these candidates have credibility of the voters on these issues. What I mean by that is that, you know, Democrats are often accused of wanting to raise taxes. That's a, kind of a standard attack that we see in campaigns. So Governor Walker has been hitting Tony Evers saying he wants to raise the gas tax, property taxes, income taxes. So with that, do voters go, okay, here's Tony Evers now saying he wants to cut taxes and I'm going to believe him. Uh, that's kind of 
to be determined. Same thing with Walker and two-thirds funding. I mean, there's a debate that's been going on this entire campaign about him and funding for schools. He talks about the more than 600 some million dollars he put into schools in this last budget. Democrats keep talking about the 800 million he cut in his first budget. So does Walker have credibility as somebody who wants to increase education funding with the voters? And that's really the key for both of them to see how that plays out if, if people buy into their positions. Also last week, the candidates for Wisconsin Attorney General squared off for their final debate in Milwaukee. Each debate has focused on attacks from Democratic challenger Josh Call that incumbent uh, Republican Brad Schimmel dragged his feet on sexual assault kit testing and attacks from Schimmel that Call lacks experience. Based on what you've seen from the debates, how is this race shaping up? Well, the big question, honestly, is do either of them have a... um, a brand or an identity with voters that goes beyond the generic congr- uh, partisan ballot. But if, if it is a good day for Democrats election day, does Brad Schimmel have enough of an identity to you know, carve, carve out a unique identity from the generic GOP ballot? Do people look at him as somebody just as a partisan or somebody with bipartisan appeal? Because if it's a bad day for Republicans and you're a Republican on the ballot, you have to have some kind of, you know, um, reputation or kind of sense the voters that you're more than just the R behind your name. And that's what I don't know yet is, has Schimmel done enough to carve out that identity ahead of the election? Um, they've been hitting call on several fronts and he's been firing back. So that's the thing we're trying to figure out is who, how do voters view these guys and doing the rise above the partisan fray? And finally, the heavy hitters are coming to Wisconsin. The much-anticipated visit from President Trump is finally happening. Trump will hold a rally for Governor Walker, Republican U.S. Senate candidate Leah Vukmir, and Attorney General Brad Schimmel Wednesday night in Mosinee near Wausau. On the Democratic side, former President Barack Obama is scheduled to be in Milwaukee on Friday to stump for Tony Evers, U.S. Senator Tammy Baldwin, Attorney General candidate Josh Call, and congressional candidates Randy Bryce and Dan Cole. What kind of impact do you think these visits will have on the respective campaigns? Well, they're sending Trump to the Wausau area uh, in part because that's a spot of the state where, from what I understand, the polls aren't really where Governor Walker and Republicans want them to be, so having Trump go there makes sense. It's also an area where you have a lot of Trump voters because he did very well in northern Wisconsin and western Wisconsin in the 2016 campaign. Also, there's sometimes a downside to bringing the president into Wisconsin or any place because you never know what he's going to say during a rally, and Republicans are struggling mightily with suburban women. So you don't want to go to Waukesha or Walk, for example, because that's exactly where you have the voter that maybe isn't very thrilled with the president. So it makes sense to have him go up there. Uh, with President Obama, he's going to Milwaukee. There's a lot of talk, obviously, in 2016 about turnout in Milwaukee and how it was down. So will this goose things in favor of Democrats? You know, I think that's part of the reason why he's going there. They want to try and they're both appealing to bases of support that they need to turn out in good numbers on Election Day to be successful. Uh, and that's part of why they're doing what they're doing. That's WISPolitics.com editor J.R. Ross. You can join us each week for our conversations. And if you haven't done so already, subscribe to Capital Notes on iTunes, NPR One, or wherever you get your podcasts.